The GPS DairyCast features the high-value insights of the GPS Dairy Consulting Team's trusted advisors and the owners and managers from the elite dairy farms they serve. These conversations deliver on the GPS Dairy Consulting promise to inspire change and grow leaders. Hello and welcome to the GPS DairyCast. I'm Peggy Coffin from the Uplevel Dairy Podcast, serving as your host. On this GPS DairyCast, we are coming to you from the 2023 GPS Leaders Forum. And joining me today are keynote speaker Mike North from EverAg, along with GPS Dairy Consultant team member Trent Dado. And these two are going to delve into a topic that Mike covered today regarding milk markets and what is driving them. You're going to hear about the turbulence of the global market, what's going on with domestic supply and consumption, as well as how this impacts dairy producers and the decisions they're making going into 2024. Enjoy this episode of the GPS Dairy Cast from right here at the GPS Leaders Forum with Mike and Trent. So it's been a great couple of days here at Mystic Lake and getting to see a lot of other dairymen interact, but it's always interesting to think about what's beyond and impacting our dairies on a day-to-day that's not necessarily right in their backyard in the global market. Trends like inflation, and the value of the dollar, cost to build, all these things are on everyone's mind. Are things like that impacting dairy in any certain way? For sure. And if you dial it in, you can look at the U.S. dollar that you mentioned as one of the key components of the conversation. Among all the major currencies, the dollar has really topped the heap as the strongest among its peers. And that has made it very difficult for us to compete globally into the export market. And right alongside of that, you have a Chinese economy that has really been taking its lumps. Unemployment rate for those under under 25 approaching 16%. You have all the economic indicators pointing towards a slowdown and continued movement towards a recession there. You've got a Middle East, North Africa market that was feeling the opportunities around stronger crude oil prices that have since backed off and some of the demand slipping there. We've just really seen across the board in almost every category, lower exports going into major partners, with one notable exception, and that has been Mexico. The peso actually has kept up with the dollar. They have been a really, really strong partner for us and absorbed a big chunk of what we would have sent to other places. But even their their efforts weren't enough to offset some of the shortfalls elsewhere. So we're still suffering from this backlog of product that would be expected otherwise to leave the country, but isn't and is finding its way back into inventories, which then has obvious consequences to our own domestic pricing. So how much of the lack of exports is due to the strength of the U.S. dollar versus just lack of demand for dairy products across the globe? I always say this, that currency is the last consideration in the actual transaction. Whenever they go down, it has ripple effects everywhere. You've watched as Oceana backed away from WMP exports. You've seen considerably lower SMP and non-fat dry milk exports out of the U.S. into China. We're at levels we haven't seen for more than five years, the absolute volumes are are down considerably in all of those categories. They have big inventories to work through. As we talk China, this isn't just a dairy story. Their pork market has slid off tremendously. Poultry markets have slid off tremendously. They just are getting pushed back on every front. So 
we're feeling it. New Zealand, Australia is feeling it. Europe is feeling it. That particular market has really helped shape a bunch of the flow of, of global dairy products. And when they go soft and they move away from the market, it impacts everybody. Yeah, so obviously the big exporters that we send to would be Mexico, like you mentioned, but also Canada. Is there anything with Canada that's important for us to understand right now? For sure. They have been a growing partner, and obviously there's been plenty of press around the trade agreement that we established with them a number of years ago, kind of the the revamp to the first NAFTA agreement. You know, as we look at where that conversation lives, that ruling came back recently in favor of the Canadians, that in fact, they were not violating their uh, allegiance to the new agreement by instituting quota and and holding the line that makes it hard for us to get product in. But the reality of it is, is that, you know, we're a very, very good partner for Canada because A, we're close. So cost of shipping is considerably less than from major markets. And they demand a quality product that, that we can give them that many other partners in the world cannot. As you look at the space, they'll continue to be a strong partner for us, but we're going to forever deal with some of their supply management headaches uh, that have long been in place. So great opportunity for us, but we're going to have to continue to play the politics with Canada. Uh, looking at the domestic market, what has demand and supply been been doing there to kind of forge where where the milk price is at. So let's zoom out for a second. I, I will say that protein markets as a whole have been uh, soft and getting softer over the course of the last couple of months. We came through Thanksgiving with turkey prices continuing to make new lows. We continue to watch chicken breast prices move lower. The pork market is a disaster right now. We've watched beef prices come off of all-time highs to go back to their previous all-time high. So not that we completely uh, killed that market, but taken considerable value out of it. And along with that, we are seeing pushback on different products in the dairy space. The ones that we really are concerned about and the ones that we follow as dairymen ultimately have been losing value right alongside of its counterparts in the protein space. As you look at consumer foot traffic in restaurants, it's been lower. Seating has been declining. Restaurant performance index suggests a a very soft Q1 into Q2. And as we, you know, look at the price of goods, it doesn't take an economist to figure out that high-priced items in the grocery store are not collecting larger sales from the consumer. The consumer is really in a tight spot right now. We've watched that consumer debt number grow exponentially over the course of the last 18 months at a pace we've never seen before. They're trying to continue their lifestyle, but they're doing it all on credit. And we're at a place now with rising interest rates that, you know, credit card interest on average is about 21%. We have a now increasing level of delinquencies that are starting to show up as we get into 2024. They're going to be getting the credit card bill for Christmas. And just like we see in most any other year, they likely will back away. But they may back away even more because of the level of debt that they've built. The GPS Dairy Consulting Team is thrilled to host the 2024 Herd Manager Retreats, designed to provide a community of learning and exchange of ideas and sharing of best practices among an elite group of dairy leaders and herd managers. 
It is offered in English and Spanish at three locations. These interactive, family-oriented sessions offer an opportunity to cultivate growth and expand the relationships and networks of your key leaders. Look for registration details for each site. Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin, Frankenmuth, Michigan, and Arnold's Park, Iowa at gpsdairy.com. Or talk to your GPS Dairy consultant and find the link for more details in the show notes. Do you see them transitioning to a certain type of dairy product or a different type of protein altogether or just going to total lower their, their cost of goods all around and substitute out something else? So in dairy, you get two things. You get the benefit of the trade down from the more expensive proteins. I'll use an example. The consumer may not go out for a steak dinner at a sit-down restaurant, but they still may order a pizza. And the beautiful thing about that is it might have little bites of steak or little pieces of sausage, but there's a whole lot of cheese. Mm -hmm. And so quite naturally, we're afforded a little bit of a recession-proof demand structure around things like that because the consumer as a whole has also become much more dependent on eating away from home. So as much as that space is vulnerable, dairy is afforded a little bit of resilience just naturally because of where people go as they trade down their proteins. But, you know, the thing that you do see that becomes a concern is as they do depart from some of that added value space, you know, a higher end restaurant or other sit down venues, they're not going to consume the fats, the creams, the sauces, all the stuff that we love that makes everything so yummy, right? They back away from that and leave it all together. And that, that's a real problem because dairy has the capacity to flex. So if, if milk isn't being demanded in one product, we shift and move more milk towards the uh, production of another product. And so everything kind of shares uh, in the higher markets and in the lower markets. It's the old rising tide raises all ships. Well, when tide goes out, it works the same way. As you look at the space we're in, we feel some definite pressure and it's going to come out of the fat space. And you've already watched butter go to a new record high all time in fall of 2023. We saw three and a half dollar butter that quickly move back to two and a half dollar butter. And that's, that's part of it. And we're definitely seeing some pushback on, on every front there. Yeah, and that's something that's interesting. Obviously, on the dairy side, producers are always trying to manipulate the components to shift towards what's of higher value. And obviously, fall of 2023, everybody is pushing for much butter fat as, as possible coming out the door. And the softening of the butter market and butter fat in result has definitely changed people's mindset. Unfortunately, protein didn't come up to, to fill it. So any recommendations on as we move into 2024? what dairies and then also myself selfishly as a nutritionist should be thinking about in terms of what components we should be focused on? Well, I think as we come into the second half of 2024, that's where we believe there is some potential play for a turnaround in the market. It's hard to say that definitively right now because we still are examining the consumer and their well-being and how they respond. But if, you know, if we can shorten the conversation around demand and then start focusing again on supply, we really do believe there's, there, there's room to come back in. And if you look at the, the inventories of product, I wouldn't say that we have more butter than we absolutely need. It could very quickly turn into a conversation of shortage again as we go into uh, the fall of 2020. 
for. That being said, butterfat likely will regain some value there. But a lot of stuff is booked forward among commercial enterprises around that $2.50 range. So to try to push that a whole lot harder may be difficult. There's room, obviously, like I say, in fall to maybe take that a bit higher and, and you know try to perhaps get back to $3. But again, that's there's a lot of hypotheticals wrapped around that. But cheese shares equal opportunity there. If the consumer starts feeling better and we walk our way into, a, let's say, a hot summer and you know we stress cows and already don't have enough to fill barns, that's where there's a potential play on cheese as well. Because as we have grown inventories, I think it's important to also recognize that Inventories have grown because our our taste for cheese has changed. We need you know more aged product, which requires product hanging out in a warehouse longer, and so that could tighten up and get snug pretty quick as well and find a bid in in the cheese market. So I'd say both the class three and class four market, led by some of those key products, have opportunity as we get deeper into 2024. But it still really does revolve around the health of that consumer. And as we look at where they're at, it's a really tough call right now to know when they step back into the market. Yeah, we're all hoping for a soft landing, but I don't know if yeah the consumers are going to be still in good financial position to do, do all that. Looking back to the dairy's financial position, obviously milk and the milk markets is one half. The other big half, at least from my, my perspective, is the feed side. And there were some big macro trends we were looking at coming on online in terms of like biodiesel, hoping to make soybean meal cheaper. The ethanol market looks like crude's coming down. Anything on like the macroeconomic side of feed that paints any right pictures for feed costs for, for dairies rolling into 24? Yeah, so inventories of corn have been building and creates a natural bias towards softer prices. The thing that we're really holding out for right now in the market is to figure out what South America is going to bring. And if you've been watching their weather, they've been airing towards a drier climate. There has been some precipitation that moved in in early December that has really helped paint a a slightly better picture for production there. But their key stress period doesn't show up until right about now here in January. As as you look at this time of year, it's when we're going through pollination. Beans are starting to flower and set pods. This is when, you know, it really makes a difference. So current weather is is, is certainly going to continue to be a play there. But China has already kind of fast-forwarded beyond whatever stress there might be to step into the market and get some things bought. So they've helped build some premium back into the market as they've taken greater interest in U.S. supplies. But I'd also say that, you know, as you talk about the renewable diesel, their headwinds are much like that of the dairy industry, or for that matter, any industry right now, finding supplies, then builders, laid against a, a sticker shock environment of price, has really slowed down that process. So as much as there was thoughts of big gains there, that's taken a lot longer to, to scale up. Yeah. So Mike, looking at 2024, are you optimistic we're making money? Where are you at? Well, we, you know, as we look out, we're already penciling break-evens. And that isn't exciting, but it's certainly better than the losses that we saw in the summer of 23. If, again, we see this consumer concern fall backward and the supply story get picked up, 
that really, as we've seen in the past, nights of fire in the milk market that could really build some profitability back into the equation. So I wouldn't say I'm wildly bullish, but I would say that there's a degree of optimism that we can hold to as we wait this supply story to finally get its day in the sun. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for jumping on with us for the GPS Dairy Cast. I'm your host, Peggy Coffin from the Uplevel Dairy Podcast, and thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Mike North from EverEgg and Trent Dado from GPS Dairy Consulting. The GPS Dairy Cast features conversations that deliver on the GPS Dairy Consulting promise to inspire change and grow leaders. If this GPS Dairy Cast has you looking for more ways to become an elite dairy producer, Find more information in our show notes on how you can add a GPS advisor to your team.